0: CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the "How did you hear about Podgo?" section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode,
1: lads. We are back.
0: Yeah, still here. Hello, Dude. guys.
1: Hello. Okay, How Chase are you today? Good. Splendid. Splendid. I'm so excited for today's episode. There's so much to talk about. Like I was looking at um, at our Montreal and Leaf stuff. I'm like, all right, the Leafs have played. You know, the Habs have been doing a ton of stuff, but it's not even that that's the best part. And, you know, later we will talk about the Leafs' massive win over the Oilers. The Habs, the short King, Cole Caulfield's coming. But first, so excited. We've been talking about getting this guy on for the show. And you know what? I realized last night, this guy is, I think, the first person I actually ever talked to at Ryerson. Welcome to the show. I'm an employee of the Florida Panthers. And unfortunately, a fan of the Buffalo Sabers, he came in clutch <laughs> when he got his girlfriend to be the 100th follower on the Two on One Podcast Twitter account. Welcome to the show, Will Christophilus.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: How are you, man? It's good to see you. I'm
2: I'm good. I'm good. You know, lots going on, lots of hockey, and not a lot of happiness for Sabers fans. But it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to talk about it.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's it's very much a parallel right now that you watch the Sabers. It's like. All right, blown lead against the Bruins, but at least you can watch the Panthers in Tampa just have bar and burner after bar burner matches here.
2: Oh, yeah. The Panthers are right now with Barkov out. Like last night was a good game. They've been struggling a bit, but this whole season they've just been like they are such a good team. They're so fast on the puck. They work hard and they have two good goalies, which the Sabres uh, have never had in their entire organization's history so you know um, it is a big difference when I switch on to the Panther games but I love it and mm-hmm. I'm really happy it's distracting me from this terrible season the Sabres are having
1: <laughs> then you know we'll start with the Sabres so we can we can get them out the way right now they are sitting at 18 we will say losses the NHL says a 17 game winless streak, but they're dumb Um, They're one away from tying the Penguins losing record when they were trying to get Crosby, I believe. That worked out pretty well. Um, Though when you hear that and you look at the standings and you see 17, how does it make you feel, Will?
2: Um, I'm not surprised, honestly. Uh, I've always said Eichel was the motor for our team. Anytime that he goes out, it just always turns into a bad situation. Um, Mm -hmm. He's pretty much our only puck driver that we have on our entire roster and without him we don't generate any sort of offense whatsoever um so i'm not surprised by the 17 it's very demoralizing Mm -hmm. i'll 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 go on twitter and look and it'll just be just jokes flying all over the place about how this could be the worst team of all time blah 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 Uh, and listen it's not fun but i'm not the kind of fan to to you know uh, allow it and think that there's other situations. I'll, I'll be hard on our owners. I'll be hard on the GM. I'll be hard on the players. And I think it's entirely their fault right now. A- and I don't see it getting better anytime soon.
1: That is not what you want to hear. You know, Eric Stahl, uh, I think he got to Montreal yesterday and was talking to the media and he was very much like, yeah, um, I'm good. I don't have to be there anymore. And it's, it's been, yeah, you've talked about it, a tough season. Um, one thing I do want to ask is so far, and we're a good bit over halfway through the season now, maybe this is a bit, you know, right away, like, okay, maybe exaggerating here, but is this the worst Sabres team that you have ever seen?
2: No, it's not. Um, okay. it, it's not. And I actually don't know if it's necessarily that close. Um, the 20, the, the year we tanked, for Mick Eichel just to get one of them
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: we put out probably one of the worst rosters I've, I've ever seen in professional sports um, I don't know it off the top of my head but I'm sure you can search it up it, it was terrible like I think our first line was Gergensen's Ennis and like Cody Hodgson like it, it was just absolutely terrible and listen like on this team this year Hall was better than all those guys Reinhardt's better than all those guys actually I no, Reinhardt was only WHL, yeah. So we have talent. There's players. We have Dalene, like we have guys. Mm-hmm. My issue is is our goaltending. Um, you know, Allmark is back now, and Allmark again. He would be the number one goalie on that 2015 team if he was there, because we had Michael Neuvirth Neuverth, and Jonas Enroth. So no, I can't say it's the worst team I've ever seen, but they're. But I think it's uh, almost embarrassing that, you know, they're doing worse than that 2015 team was but mm-hmm. but skill wise no it's not the worst you i've seen
1: interesting uh go ahead daniel
3: uh yeah so when you mentioned I'll stay I'll stick with Taylor Hall first Will. what has the Taylor Hall i guess era been kind of in buffalo for this one year and when he made those comments about you know of an impending trade he said yeah for sure so can you talk to me more about that
2: yeah. So listen, when, when we signed Taylor in you know, the offseason, like I'm a big fan, uh, I, I thought this was going to turn into a long, long-term thing. I think he thought that as well. He, he, you know, he he's from, I believe he's from Windsor or somewhere around Canada. So it, you know, close to home, stuff like that. And um, listen, I thought it was going to be long-term uh, now. I don't think it's going to be long-term uh, he's playing. Okay. I think he gets a lot of slack. Um, but realistically, He's one of the only guys now on the ice that can control the puck and transition it from out of our zone into the next zone. And and, and there's no one to help him. Um, I think he's around a 0.5 points a game, which on our team is, I think, top three in scoring because we average two goals a game. So listen, would I like to sign Hall to a three-year, $6 million per year deal? I would. Does he want to do that anymore? Probably not. But I think he's getting a bad rap for this season when I, I don't necessarily think it's his fault. Um, and I think whatever team trades from at the deadline is going to get a really good player for the stretch run. Uh, and, and I think the Sabres are going to make a bad trade again. And, you know, that's just kind of what we do in Buffalo. We make bad trades for good players. So mm-hmm. that's what um, I when,
3: Yeah. When it comes to like, I guess, like a an idea of what a possible deal will be, what do you think you'd like to see the Sabres get at least back?
2: I'd like to see a first rounder. I don't know if that's what we're going to get anymore because they've been saying it's going to be a second now. It's going to be a second. Um, I think best case scenario right now is maybe if we can do a conditional second that turns into a first if maybe that team makes it to the final four or something like that. Um, Maybe a middle of the the farm prospect in there too. It really depends on the team, you know. It really depends on the team that wants to move him, uh, move for him. But uh, I'm hoping for a first round pick.
3: Mm -hmm. you mentioned i guess like taylor hall's rap and how he's kind of been like this is a big thing we've talked about on the show too is just the way he's been kind of perceived as like people like say is he a star is he an all-star what is he how does this time he had in buffalo kind of affect that image he's going to have like going like going into potential free agency
2: um it depends how he performs with whatever team he gets moved to in my opinion um, I think a lot of people can just look at the savers and, and look at each individual player and say, maybe they're not having success because the team is just an absolute tire fire, right? Mm-hmm. You look at Eric Stahl, if, if any other player in the league, if that was any other guy that never played you know, in the NHL before and he had five points in the season, no one's giving up a third and a fifth. But teams know, they, they kind of know like, okay, listen, we can take him out of Buffalo and he might end up playing better. I'm sure he'll play great in Montreal. Um, But with Taylor Hall, really this, you know, he was the MVP three years ago. Mm -hmm. And then he kind of went down to an all-star level. I think right now he's at an elite player. He's an elite player. I wouldn't say he's a superstar at all anymore. It looks like he's lost a step offensively, but I still think he's an elite player, an elite winger. And if you give him a good centerman, like he had Eichel to the beginning of the year, he's going to put up points.
3: Mm-hmm. I guess like shifting now to Rasmus Delina, and he's really been struggling. Um, can you talk to me about like his development, like I guess an assessment of how to maintain like this trajectory for him?
2: Yeah, well, obviously his trajectory fell off a cliff so far this year. Um, it, listen, he had the second most points by an 18 year old defenseman his first year ahead of Bob Yor and only behind his own coach at the time, Phil Housley. Um, and listen, he's an offensive defenseman. The, the issue with the Sabres is when we moved to Ralph Kruger, we moved into a defensive style of hockey, which does not fit the guys that we have on our team. Um, we don't have many defensive players. Even our forwards aren't even defensive at all, any of them. And our defensemen, if you look at it, Deline's offensive. Jacob Bryson's an offensive defenseman. Ristolainen is barely a hockey player. Um, our only really, really good shutdown guy was Jake McCabe and Jake McCabe is, is injured now. And he was making wrist line and look like a serviceable defenseman for half the year. Uh, so listen, when it comes to Deline, I think he's just completely being told to play the game in a way he never has. And I don't think you should do that with guys that are that young. Listen, I know you want to commit to the defensive side of the puck, but you're ruining the best defensive prospect I've ever seen coming out, coming into the draft at the very least. And and the only way to get his trajectory back up is we need to hire a coach who's going to let him play his game instead of trying to teach him how to play a game that he's never played. Um, And and listen, he still shows flashes. If you watch him, he's still so calm on the puck. Looks like headman at times. And then sometimes he looks like Cody Cece when the other team's coming down on him. And I can't figure out what's wrong with him, but I think he's in his own head right now. And, And you know what? He's a defenseman. He's still only... 20 years old. I'm not too worried about him, but they need to figure it out fast.
0: Mm. Alex. S- so it doesn't sound like uh, Mike Babcock will be your solution.
2: Is uh, no, That's I all I
0: got.
2: I don't need <laughs> Babcock. I mean, I, listen, listen, I, I used to have respect for Babcock, but then I realized if you look at any of his rosters like ever, he never had a bad team. Um, I think he's a little overrated. I think I could have t- coached team Canada to that championship <laughs> Like I think that red wing team has like five hall of famers on it. So I'm not Mike Babcock's number one <laughs> for asking. And I hope he does not. I think he should stay in Saskatchewan. And, uh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, just, I wanted to move forward, like looking with, to the future for this team. Uh, has Jack Eichel played his last game as a Buffalo saber.
2: I'm going to say no, I'm going to say no. And I think his injury, might have saved the sabers is what i'm thinking you know he's injured now right so he's not around the team i think he has time to think about things and he doesn't have to deal with getting kicked in the teeth every game now he doesn't have to deal with that he's at home he's he's chilling he's living life and i think the organization probably told him like listen stay home we'll figure this out for next year i don't even want to put any more stress on you and i think i think that might have saved the sabers if he played this whole season i this would have been his last because it's embarrassing, right? And, and I feel bad wasting his career. Uh, I, w- I would be open to trading him if that's what you're asking. I, I would trade anybody for the correct price. But no, I don't think we've seen his last game yet.
0: And what would the correct price be?
2: Yeah, uh, I think there's two teams that okay. can move for Eichel. I think there's two teams in the entire league uh, the Kings and the Rangers. Those are the two teams that I think could give up a substantial part of their prospect pool and players and and, and still get better when they get Ike, right? Every other team would have to gut their team and, and it wouldn't really work. With the Rangers, I look at a few guys. It really depends on how you view those two top picks with Lafreniere and Kako. Listen, I'm taking Lafreniere, uh, obviously. I think he's going to be a good player. I'm not worried about his struggles. He's only 18. Um, I would say the deal would have to be Lafreniere, uh, one of their goalies, probably Georgiev, um, a couple first-rounders still. I, I Listen, I know Lafreniere was first overall pick, but I, I don't think he's anywhere close to what Eichel was at all. So Lafreniere, Georgiev, two first-round picks, and then, then probably a guy like Buchnevich. Like, I need, I need a, some sort of good, solid <coughs> NHL player in the deal, right? Because I'm not trying to rebuild again. I know we're going to have to, but I want some solid players. If you look at the Kings, um, Byfield, Turcotte couple firsts again that's a steep price but I'm not giving up Eichel for nothing 10 million is a steal for him with the way the NHL is going with guys like Marner making 11 as a winger so yeah. he's on a good deal and he's a good player so those are the two deals that I would look at but anything less I'm keeping him
1: our good friend Mike Jagsar if if, if Eichel went to the Rangers he would be <laughs> insufferable so, please, never let that we, happen.
2: Yeah,
0: we never hear the end
2: of it. I, w- I would rather ship him out West. I, I don't <laughs> want to play him either. So, give him to LA, and we'll see what happens.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess w- then it, let's say we're not trading Eichel then. What, what's next for this team? Like, what are you doing? What's the team doing this season and beyond? Or next season and beyond, <clears sorry. throat>
2: Well, this season, they got to move their UFAs. So, Hall – Montour. I think I'm forgetting someone, The Hall and Montour should go. Listen, get whatever you can um, and call up guys from Rochester. This season's done. I don't care if they lose the every, I honestly be hilarious. Just lose the rest of the games. Come dead last, get a top three pick. You got to hit on that pick. Listen, I've looked into this draft and there's 10 guys that can go in the top three. There's a lot of different guys. There's no set number one this year, but you got to hit on that pick. So, yeah, you got to move Hall, move Montour, hit on your first-round pick, which is going to be in the top three. And then we need to really work on getting better <clears throat> bottom six players because that's been our problem. The entire 10-year playoff drought is we, our bottom six is horrific every year. We always have good lines. We have Eichel, Skinner, Skinner, whatever. But Eichel, <laughs> Skinner, Ryan Harley, these guys play and they're good. But then the guys at the bottom, like our third line or, or fourth line, like Cody Eakin, we signed him to a two-year deal. He is horrific. I, I, I don't know if it's because it's the Buffalo effect or what it is, but like there's a difference between – listen, our coaches always say, you know, Eakin plays the tough minutes. He plays the – we match him up. He wins face-offs. That's the only thing he can do. He does win face-offs. Congratulations. There's a difference between playing tough minutes and playing tough minutes well. If you're getting caved in every shift, I, I, I respect you for going up against, you know, the top lines. But you're not doing it well, and it's hurting our team. And I think people overvalue playing tough minutes because they're not playing it well. Listen, yeah. Cody, can, he, can't play, he can't play for my team anymore. we got to find a way to stop signing these bottom six forwards to two-year deals. We picked up Riley Shahan like, for a one-year deal. He's been great. I, like, and then we pay Cody Eakin for two years. We play Gergensen for two years. We let Johan Larson walk, who is a good fourth line center. I, I just don't know if our organization has enough hockey guys in it. I think they just have a bunch of business guys. And, and, and I think the number one step is we need a president of hockey operations and we need advisors that know hockey. Because Kevin Adams, as much as I love him as the GM, he was behind the bench for the Buffalo Junior Savers last year. He, he, I need someone that's a little bit more advanced. And listen, I know some names I've heard rumors of who the Sabres are going to be interested in. Um, Cara Manos is one of the guys who you might bring in. I've heard another big name and and they're names that I like to hear because they've had success previously. And that's one thing that we don't do. We don't hire people that have had success previously. We hire Kruger out of Southampton of the English premier league. We hired Housley, who was a great hockey player, not a great coach. And, I want someone with a track record. I don't care who it is, except for Babcock. I need someone <laughs> with a track record. I'm looking at Bruce Boudreau. Okay. I'm looking at Gerard Gallant, Claude Julian. I need someone who has coached before or management who has managed before. I I'm sick of the new guys, the cheap new guys, the Pagulas. I don't know if they're saving money for Josh Allen's contract, probably what they're doing, but they need to stop, you know, they are billionaires. Yeah. I want to see someone with a track record. That's basically what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, that was that was my next question cuz when, you know, Kevin Adams signed, one of the things that came out was, you know, um he was really close with the Pagulas. And my first reaction was I was like this is the wrong move already. It's like you're not you're bringing in a friend of the Pagulas. Like where could this not go wrong? Yeah, um, yeah. Do you do you have trust in Kevin Adams? to do whatever he has to do
2: with this team? I think, I think now that Kruger's gone, that was kind of the Pagula's last like effect on the hockey team. I think now they're going to take a step back. I'm hoping they're going to take a step back and they're going to hire someone who can just deal with hockey operations. I don't want them to, I don't want them anywhere near my team anymore. They can own it if they want. Listen, they can own it all they want, but at the end of the day, they're not hockey people. And, and, and we need someone making the decisions that's a hockey person um kevin adams listen i know he's close to the pagulas that does worry me but i think if we can get someone in between him and the owners like a Karamanos or, or another big name i think that would go a long way um I, I do trust kevin adams in a way i think that stall trade was decent to be honest let's listen Eric Stahl is still Eric Stahl, but he was playing horrific hockey in Buffalo. I don't know if he just hated being there or what it was. He, he was a step slower than almost everyone on the ice. So to get a third, I, I don't mind that. I really want to see how he works out this hall deal and Montour um, and who he takes in the draft, but I, I trust him for now, but come back in a year and I'm, maybe I don't, I don't know.
0: Okay. Um, I, I want to shift to Florida. Um they're having a. I don't know if it's surprisingly good season. I think, I think I had them making the playoffs at the beginning of the year. But you know, having Sergei Bobrovsky in net is um is always, I guess, an issue. Uh, but Chris Drieger, again picking up right where he left off from last season. Like what he's a UFA at the end of the year, and I know they're in the playoffs. But what R- do you do with? R- pardon. RFN. Um, Oh, he's an RFA. Okay. He's an RFA at the end of the year. What do you do with a guy like Chris Drieger?
2: Honestly, I I don't know. But Bobrovsky's playing well. So, you know, it's it's always scary when a guy like that, he's volatile. He'll play really well some games. And and then you never know. He can go on a 10-game streak within a sub 900, right? So I'm finding a way to extend Drieger for one or two years, just enough until Spencer Knight's ready to go. Um, Because, listen, Spencer Knight's a freak. That guy is probably the best goaltending prospect I've seen since. I don't know, even maybe Carey Price. Um, I would say Carter Hart, but I'm not a huge fan of Carter Hart as compared to other people. So I'll say <laughs> Carey Price there. Um, I think he needs like one or two more years out of him, um, of Drieger, and he's, he's a solid goalie. I do, I don't know if it's unpopular, but the Bibrovsky is better, in my opinion. Um, I. I don't know. It, it's close, but I, I I do take Bobrovsky. Listen, if you can move Bobrovsky in his $10 million contract, you do it every time. But at the end of the day, if you view him without the money attached, he's still a pretty solid goaltender. Um, the only issue is, you, you know, you have Spencer Knight, you have Devin Levi, you have really good goaltending prospects. I don't know why. Listen, I'm not going to talk bad about my employer, but it, it was a bit of a weird deal signing Bobrovsky. And uh, at the end of the day, when it comes to Drieger, I think you need two more years out of him. One or two more years. Um, to, just to see what he becomes because you know goalies are weird goalies are, are, are an odd they're probably the weirdest position in sports because i always say i don't get attached to goalies because they can play really good a year and then they can be terrible look at um, uh, matt murray right yeah. look at matt murray look at carter hart right now he's playing terrible hockey uh, carter hutton who the Sabres signed had a good couple <laughs> of years in st louis sucks now Uh, I don't get attached to goalies because I think it's really mental. And I think you have to ride the hot goalie at all times, no matter what their history is or anything like that, because the hot goalie is always going to play better. Mm -hmm. You saw that with the Hamburglar, like, where's he now? Right. I I don't know. I I don't like getting attached to goalies. Uh, I I just think if you can get a guy in there who's confident, you just leave it, just leave it. So with Drieger, give him one or two more years, get Spencer Knight up. And then they're obviously going to have to facilitate a deal for Bob eventually. I don't see Bobrovsky finishing his career or his contract in Florida. I right. don't see how that would be even possible, right? They might have to give up picks, but I just don't see how it's possible at this point. And not not to his own fault. It's because Spencer Knight is the future in that, right?
1: You know, the the Panthers made some sneaky good moves over the summer. You know what? Um, but one guy, you know, we all know how good Jonathan Huberto is. We all know how good Barkov is. Though a guy who's really, really impressed me and I really want to get your take on is Patrick Hornquist.
2: Yeah. So listen, Horny, his nickname is Horny, Thoring. I know it's a weird nickname. We've had to talk about that in meetings before if we're allowed to actually use that nickname, but it's been it's been okayed. So when it comes to Horny, like he's the kind of guy. I just you just love to have him on your team. Mm
1: -hmm. He always
2: goes to the dangerous parts of the of the zone. He's always in front of the net. He he's a great leader. In every post game, like I go to all the post games, everyone just talks like like he's a god. Like everyone loves Horny, and and I think he's just the kind of guy that you add to a really skilled team. Is he not the most skilled guy in the world? He's not the best skater in the world. He just does his job, goes to the net and and bangs and pucks. And I don't know exactly how many goals this year. I know it's I think he's over over 10 goals, and none of them come from anywhere outside the crease. It's always in the crease. And he's just the kind of guy you need on a team like that. You know, they got the fast wingers. They have Duclair, Verhage. they got Huberto. They have speed all throughout the lineup, right? And I think he's just the kind of guy that really gels everyone together. You know, no ego, nothing like that. Just comes to work, lunch pail guy, the kind of guy Brian Burke would just die for, is (laughs) basically what I'm trying to say. The kind of guy Ryan Burke would take first overall. And you know what? When it comes to all the young guys they have, I think Hornquist is a really good acquisition just to mentor as well. And Mm -hmm. I think he's done a great job. You know, he's injured right now, and and, and they need him back. They need him and Barkov back in the lineup. And with them back in the lineup, I I think they're a top five team in the NHL. Really? Yeah, I do.
1: I mean, hey, good goaltending, some good pieces on the back end, some good young forwards. In fact, Daniel, I think you want to ask about some of those good young forwards, don't you?
3: Yeah, for sure. Um, a big thing that we talked about in the uh, in the off season was the moves Billy Zito was doing. And, well, we call them reclamation projects, but they've really exceeded that. So, I guess, before we go on the list, can you talk to me about like Anthony Duclair first?
2: Yeah, so I've always been a massive Duclair fan. I know he gets a tough rap. I'm not sure why. I don't know if it's like a locker room thing, why he gets moved around so much. But listen, he's a, he's a speed and skill, speedy and skilled winger. And I think a lot of teams could use him. I, I don't know why he keeps getting these cheap deals. I'm, I'm a big fan of him. Um, yeah, and the other, like, you know, reclamation, Carter Verhage, it's another one. He's so fast and, like, pretty skilled. He's got a good shot. But it's mostly just their speed. You know, you put two speedy wingers out there with Aaron Ekblad, who I think has to be top five in MVP voting right now. Yeah, he, he has to be um he drives so much of the play where he doesn't need those two to you know transition the puck as much he doesn't need that it kind of reminds me of like going back to Buffalo with Eichel I just want fast guys with him I don't need guys that know how to transition the puck or or, are skilled like that I just need guys that can go to the net um use their speed to open up lanes and and stuff like that And, and listen like again when it comes to Duclair I don't know I, maybe you guys have more of an opinion on him, but I've always liked him. I don't know why he keeps getting these deals. I, I, it, it's it's a weird situation with him. With Verhage, I think it's just a perfect example of a late bloomer. And and he's he, he's a, he's a player. He's mm-hmm. a really really solid player. Um, yeah, I think his maybe he's not a 15 goal scorer like he is right now. I think his shooting percentage will drop, but it's a good player. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, speed you can't teach speed. That's what they always say.
3: Yeah. Are these two guys that you can see Florida going with uh beyond this season?
2: Yeah, for sure Verhage. For, for sure. I, I don't see how they let him walk. Um do you clear? I, I think so. I think I don't have any inside knowledge on these, but I, I, I do believe that they should. I think this is a really good hockey team and then they need Barkov back, but this is a really good hockey team when when everyone's in the lineup. And I, I think for sure for Verhage, I don't see they let, they let him walk. I don't know what kind of deal he would get right now. I think he would get probably like a bridge deal just to see if he can continue, you know, playing playing like this. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is definitely, um, you know, when, when, they're, when your goalie's making $10 million a year, you're going to need guys on $1 million contracts, $2 million contracts that outperform them, right? And that's what's happening right now in Florida. They're having guys outperform their contracts, and that's how you win a cup, in my opinion. Uh, listen, I love the Leafs are a good team and everything, great players. But if you, if you look at how they perform as opposed to their contract, it's not the same, right? Marner, great player, I love him, but he's an eleven million dollar winger, so you can put up hundred points all he wants. He's performing to his contract. You need guys to exceed it. You know, mm-hmm. Toronto would need would have needed VC who sucks, but I'm sorry about that. But they need VC or Simmons. They need those guys to step up. Right. Yeah. So as long as you can outperform your contract, it's good. So they really need to be careful with the Verhagi and Duclair deals that they don't, you know, overpay just due to one season. So I don't know, but I think, I think for sure that they have a future with Florida. Uh, it all comes down to money.
3: Mm-hmm. Another narrative that we've talked about with the forward depth has been the, the center position outside of Barkov. Um, what are are your thoughts on Alex Wenberg and like I guess like his resurgence after like so many struggles in Columbus
2: you know again Wenberg's another guy I've always liked I wanted him on the Sabers. I I really wanted the Sabers because we don't have any centermen but Wenberg's uh, he's the kind of guy listen he's not going to put up points all the time it's kind of not how he plays the game he's more of a transitional centerman a two-way centerman and and Those are the kind of guys you kind of just plug into your lineup. And if they're getting you points, you're happy about it. If they're not, you just got to make sure they're doing all the little things right. Um, I tend not to box score watches a a lot like a lot of people do. I just tend to watch the play and who's driving the play. Um, And and listen, he's not necessarily a play. He doesn't necessarily drive play whatsoever. But, you know, he plays a good two-way game. And and the points are coming. And, again, I, I might see that slowing down a bit. I do believe he's outperforming a little bit, but listen, if you can give me a two-way centerman who's going to win faceoffs, um, suppress shots in their own zone, get the puck in the other zone, and let their wingers do the work, I- I'll take it every day of the week.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Moving more to like the decor now. You mentioned Enerkblad and like this is his, like well, this is a guy that we've seen that we know the talent has always been there, but this year it's really like. This guy, yeah, this he was first overall and he looks like a Norris candidate.
2: Yeah, I think the same thing with him. I think he has to be top 5 in the Norris right now, maybe 5th in the Norris right now. Uh, actually, I saw the updated rankings and I saw Drew dowdy like 3rd. So I'm just throwing that award out because that's ridiculous. Um Drew dowdy should be nowhere near the top 5 in the Norris. I have a lot of opinions about Drew Doughty. I don't care how many points he scores. He's he's a little washed defensively. Anyways, back to blood. Listen, you know, exceptional stats at 15 years old number one in the OHL draft, number one in the NHL draft. It was going to come eventually. Um, I think with him, when it comes to bigger bodied defensemen, they take longer to develop. Uh, It's just always been the case. I know Hedman was a bit of an outlier, but it's harder to even for them to grow into their body and just to be, you know, more comfortable on the ice. So I'm not sure exactly Ekblad's age now, but I still think he's still a pretty young defenseman and with a really bright future. And I just think, you know, it also goes to like who you're paired with. And I think Mackenzie Weger was a great draft pick, a great draft pick. I'm not necessarily sure exactly where he was drafted, but I think he was a later round pick. And, and the way I look at defensemen is it's really hard to judge defensemen without looking at who they're playing with. Because who they're playing with can help so much. And Ekblad and has, has played with some very weak defensemen in his career with the Panthers. And I think giving him someone like Weger, who's over the top, but he's a solid, solid defenseman. I think it really helps. And I think, listen, I think Ekbad's in being the top five Norris all year. Last night, he scored two overtime winners. I don't know if you guys saw yeah. that, but yeah. he scored two overtime winners. So listen, I, I think he's good. I think he's going to be top five all year. It's, it's a big body defenseman. They take a little longer. I wasn't too worried about him. Um, and, and he needs a good partner. Weger's been good. The whole defensive, you know, Radko Gudis was also another great signing. Um, for the Panthers, not a guy that, you know, will put up a ton of points ever, but I actually saw a stat that he's going to break the record for hits in a season, in a shortened season. He's going to break the, the 82 game record. I'm pretty sure, which listen, hits are a bit of a, a stat that gets uh, kind of made fun of these days. And I agree with it. Listen, if, if you're just going after hits all the time, you're just separating yourself. You're taking yourself out of the play. But when you watch Gudis, it's almost like he doesn't need a stick. he's very good with his body and that's another good signing who's outperforming his contract right and that's the biggest thing with the panthers they're outperforming their contracts and that's what you need right not to hate on the leafs but you guys know how i feel about that you gotta outperform your contracts
3: i guess like my one final thing is the rest of the defensive course so you the the veterans like keith yandel um anton strawman was placed on waivers recently what is it looking for the Panthers like with these guys and also the deadline looming? Do they go out and get another guy to add to that core?
2: I, I think they can. Um, they probably should. I think they just called the up Riley Stillman. so They have some like AHL top two, <clears throat> bottom six defense. I mean, they have a bunch of those. My issue with the Panthers is if you go into their prospect pool, um, they don't have a lot of defensive prospects, if any, that are anywhere close to kind of coming up. All their top prospects are goalies or forwards. So I, I do think – I think you're right. I think they need to go acquire a defenseman most likely at the deadline. Do I know who that is? No. With the way they're they're set up, I think they need a transition defenseman. I think they need a, a quick defenseman maybe to pair with Gudis. So I, I'm not exactly sure who's on the UFA market, but being a Sabres fan, if they want to give me a third rounder for Brandon Montour, they can have it. I think that, for would that
1: would be Noah cool. Juleson, by the way.
2: <laughs> oh, you know, Noah Juleson. Yeah, I forgot they signed him. I mean, listen, I'm not a huge fan of Juleson. I think there's a reason the Habs don't have him anymore. Um, but again, I think they need someone who's ready for this year because J- Juleson's a bit of a project. I think maybe a couple more years for him. But I think they need someone right now because, mm-hmm. you know, with Strawman getting waived and they're calling up, you know, they don't have a I, They need one more, I think, top four defenseman. That's the way I'd put it.
1: Mm -hmm. I'm just bitter as all. Well, I'm sorry. I liked him.
2: Fair enough. I have tons of prospects that that get let go. And then I, I just emotionally attached to them and they end up, you know, playing well outside of Buffalo. So I know how you feel.
1: Before we let you go, there's three quick things I want to bring in here because we're doing very, very good on time. Actually. First off, one of the first conversations you and I ever had, I remember you saying to me, how weird the Yasperi Kotkaniemi pick hat, uh, was and that you had buried Hayden ahead of him in the draft. This has been a running joke on this podcast ever since. So I want to ask you, virtual face-to-face, do you still stand by that?
2: Listen, I judge draft picks based on two things.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: One, the time they're drafted, and then now. So in retrospect, yeah, I'd rather have Kotkaniemi on my team but at the time, I would have taken Barrett Hayden still. I think I had him graded as a better prospect. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know too much about Kakanyemi at the time. I thought it was a total reach. And I still think it's a reach if you look at the guys drafted behind him. But they needed a centerman, and I kind of respect that. And they went with their guy. And I'm still not a huge Kotkaniemi fan. I think he's a solid player. But at three, you could have had Ryan O'Reilly. We we were offering. I know that for a fact that the Sabres offered Ryan O'Reilly for that third overall pick. So I'll ask you, what would you have rather had?
1: Oh, what? Because I, I, yeah, wasn't it like it was going to be the third? And I think Ryan Paling would have been part of that deal too. I, think.
2: I I heard it was just for the pick.
1: Really? Oh, then you know what? At the time, I never, at the time, I, know,
2: I understand that maybe you wouldn't have done it, but now. Looking oh no! Back.
1: I think especially I think back then, like when the O'Reilly trade happened, I remember we 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 went back and forth in the pod about it. And, like, back then, I would have taken O'Reilly for Kakinemi. Now, I think I would, yeah.
2: Yeah, and listen, and that's a, that's a trade I wish happened because I know we were going to take um, Brady Kachuk, who I love. I love the Kachuk brothers, the way they play. Mm-hmm. And that would have helped us so much more than <clears throat> Sabatka, Berglund, Tage Thompson in the late first. So, which is one of the worst <laughs> trades in NHL history, by
1: the way. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: <laughs> thank you, Jason Botterill. Uh Yeah, anyways, yeah, listen, I, I – you probably like That was wrong. Like at the time, uh, do I like him anymore? Not really. So hey,
1: you know, Magic Beans conversation. You know what? We're just we will be respectful here. Um, last two things. First off, your thoughts. Kyle Lowry, he's staying. I think it
2: was the okay. unless they can facilitate a sign in trade at the end of the season mm-hmm. or in the offseason. season. Um, I think our team's not really doing anything this year. I think they can make the playoffs. I think the Raptors back make the playoffs kind of thing, but they're a champion. I think, I don't know. It depends what the deals were, really. Right? Depends. I wanted Tyler Hero from the Heat. we mm-hmm. were not offering them up. Then I understand them just standing pat. So. Mm-hmm.
1: And finally, because I know you're a big baseball guy. Um, I remember – because we had David Singh as a riding coach last year, I remember, and first day it was like, what does everyone want to do? And you said, we'd love to be a rider for the NHL or AMLB sort of stuff, right? Um, and listen, I am not going to sit here and say I know anything about baseball. Um, Daniel's our baseball guy here. So I'm going to ask you, uh, what do we expect from the Blue Jays this year?
2: Um, I think you're going to expect the most exciting team in baseball for two reasons. Because – what excites more than runs. Um, And they're going to be on both sides. Uh, They're going to be on both teams this year. The Jays are going to score a ton of runs. The pitching is probably going to give up a ton of runs as well. So you're going to see an exciting team. I think you're going to see a team that's fight. (sighs) They're going to be fighting for wild card. I don't see division. It's too hard of a division to win. I think three teams are probably going to come division. Honestly, I think it's the Yankees winning it with the Rays and wild cards. Um, I think if we can get some timely pitching, then we're, we're a dangerous team because our lineup, in my opinion, is a top four or five lineup in the league, only behind like the Dodgers, the Braves and the Yankees. But other than that, we're going to score a ton of runs and, and, and it's going to be a fun season. I our pitching needs to hold up and we need, we're going to need some superheroes I think, uh, from the rotation. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Well, Will, thank you very much for being here. You're a guy who really knows this, and you know your pins, and I love them. Um, it was great talking to you. Great guy, funny guy. Um, and we look forward to maybe having you back in the future.
2: Yeah, man, I would love it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, we will be back in this again. We're gonna look at Boston Pride winning the Isabel. I wish I could talk, winning the Isabel uh, cup um taylor hall apparently the blues are interested that's gonna be fun quarantine down from 14 days to seven ahead of the deadline that's massive the habs the leafs all that kind of stuff and we will preview the west division's trade deadline all that in a second we will be back okay guys we are back great conversation with will it's unfortunate that the sabers suck we'll just leave it there we have a lot to get to today which is why that's it. It's time to bring the power hour back. That's right, lads. We're here starting off rapid fire here to talk about these contests. The Boston Pride, the NWHL has faced so much this year, but they get their tournament done. They they hand out their trophy to the Boston Pride the second time they've ever won it. But they can keep hold of it for now until the Montreal team gets there and they rip it away from them because that's what's going to happen. Alex, how do you feel? Unfortunately, they did beat the Toronto Six along the way, but good for the NWHL nonetheless. I,
0: I believe they the Toronto Six were actually down four one at one point. And uh, it was upsetting that we they couldn't get it done. Um, but that's fine. Next there's always next year. Um, and I mean, mm-hmm. I've been saying that for a while, but that's fine. I, I'm glad they got. I think the thing that we should get out of it, though, is that they actually were able to get it finished. And I think there was a lot of concern, or it, it felt like there was a lot of concern. You know what? I don't actually know. Um, it felt like there was a lot of concern on whether they would actually finish this tournament or not. And I'm really glad that they did.
1: Daniel, how do you feel?
3: The only time, probably ever, I will be happy a Boston team won.
1: Mm-hmm. Listen. Women's hockey is freaking great. It is. The NWHL is great, and people watch and support women's hockey. It's freaking good, all right? Especially when Montreal it's going to be over the type. It's going to be amazing stuff. It's going to be fantastic. We're all excited. Like how Toronto are so excited. The NBA trade deadline is passing. Kyle Lowry is still a Raptor, Daniel.
3: I'm happy, you know. Enjoy it as it lasts. Like the thing Will said, maybe to do a sign and trade, but if you don't get the deal you don't want, you know, I believe in Masai.
1: Mm-hmm. Masai Ujiri, was it the right move? Was it the wrong move, Alex?
0: I mean, there's a couple ways to look at it. Um, I mean, our first reaction, I guess, yeah, it's great that he is still here, but I feel like, you know, we come back to the – I mean, we're going to come back to this eventually at the end of the season. And I hate to be this guy, but if he walks for nothing – not the best look,
1: mm-hmm. Patrick Marlowe. Not enough people are talking about this, by the way. Has tied Mark Messier, second all times in games played in NHO history, 1756. Gordie Howe leads the way at 767. He's making his way there. The former Leaf, some might even say a Leafs legend, Alex.
0: Yeah, well, of course, we always want him on the ice. So, um, But yeah, it's really good. Like, I I feel like this, you're right. It hasn't been talked about enough. Um, You know, we, we talk about Alex Ovechkin trying to get to Gretzky's record, but we don't always talk about Patrick Marlowe trying to beat Gordie Howe's record of games played. And I think that's a huge accomplishment, uh, especially in, in today's NHL, especially like considering Gordie Howe played what over four decades, like not literally, he did not play 40 years, but he played over four decades. It's not talked about enough.
1: He played the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and even came back to play for Hartford in the 80s. I remember. And he even played in the IHL in the 90s.
3: That's crazy. But Patrick Marlowe, I I don't know. I'm happy for the guy. Honestly, it just feels right that he did it with San Jose. Like, that's the only thing I'm going to say. Like, I love that he was able to get this feat with, you know, his third time with the Sharks.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Carolina. <laughs> Carolina are looking, apparently, this is per headlines, Sportsnet lads. Carolina are looking for a Hamannick type right handed defenseman. And I'm not going to ask you guys who you think, because no, no, never mind. They're not in the, they're not in, in the East division this year. We already talked about Carolina. If you want to know who we think they should look at, go look at our previous episodes of trade deadline stuff. They asked about Hamannick, but for some reason that guy only wants to play in Western Canada, which constantly sucks. So, what's he doing? We don't know. But I do know, guys, it's going to be a great season to end in F1 because Lewis Hamilton has won the Bahrain Grand Prix. I don't know how it ended because we were doing the show, but the British man, Lewis Hamilton, Daniel.
3: I'm happy. That's amazing. Um, I'm just looking at now because we all missed the last part of the Brain uh, Grand Prix, but apparently it was a close one, but Lewis pulled through.
1: Alex, it's going to be such a great year between Red Bull and Mercedes this season.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. I, I'm just trying to find this tweet. I think it was TSN Sports. They There was a, a funny tweet because apparently uh, Lewis Hamilton passed Michael Schumacher's record of, lap, of laps completed. And then the TSN Sports goes, he also got his eighth world title. <laughs> I don't know if they did it on purpose or not, but very funny. Um yeah, like I guess we're starting. I, I'm not gonna say I'm surprised that Mercedes is still very fast. Um, I don't like, I'm not gonna say that because that would be a big mistake. This is still a fast car, I'm still set on ha- Hamilton is gonna win again this season. I just think it's gonna be this much closer, um, with Max. I think Max the Red Bull car looks very fast. Even I mean, Perez was in last and I think he finished in fifth. I know he did that with us uh, with uh racing point, but still.
1: Um I don't know how it's gonna come through on the pod, but for us you are cutting out a little bit, like going quiet and then like your mouth goes like super clean, like, oh! Oh, like.
3: Oh sorry, up. and your screen your screen turned black. Um so well, hopefully that yeah, I don't
0: think it's going to be like am that. I, am I? Okay.
1: Okay. Good. But yeah, Lewis Hamilton. I'm looking forward to looking back and seeing what happened at the end there because Max has overtaken him. So it's going to be weird to see what happened. What's also kind of weird is the St. Louis Blues have stopped scoring goals. And as a report reported by Elliot Freeman on headlines last night, lots of interest for Taylor Hall. And if the salary can be worked out, Alex, apparently the Blues are interested.
0: Yeah, that'd be an interesting deal. I believe they were also in on him in the summer. Uh, he's one of a – they were one of a few teams, I think, with Colorado. Right? I don't know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I think they were. I um, th- but, again, they, like think about that lineup when they're actually working. If they do get Taylor Hall, you have Hall, you have Hoffman, you have O'Reilly, you have Tarasenko. The list goes on and on and on.
1: Mm-hmm. Daniel, I was watching the Sabres game yesterday. For some reason, I decided to do that. Yeah, like why? And you know what? Even during then, I know like, Taylor Hall was head and shoulders in that game, in my opinion, the best Sabre on the ice. Olmark might have been that, but he was letting him up at too many rebounds. that so led to some goals. But there still is a lot of value with Taylor Hall. And for a guy who loves to play with the puck, I think he'd be a really good fit in St. Louis as well.
3: Yeah, I think best case situ- uh, scenario here where you get Taylor Hall who doesn't really want to be where he is right now. Sabres realizing they're going to be- take a bit of a loss in terms of compensation. And listen, like the Blues, the way they've paid their guys, the age of their core, this is a move that you, you have to do every year to keep the window going. And for a team that lost to the Ducks 5-1 a few days ago, definitely fix that scoring.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, do we want to do the Leafs, the halves, or the trade deadline preview for the West Division to start? Uh,
0: why don't we do the Leafs?
1: Mm-hmm. Right, the Leafs, a massive win last night, actually. A comeback win over the Edmonton Oilers. And, and Mike, you know what sucks? That was such a fun game, but it just – that ending goal that went off just – it seemed to be everyone on the ice, which is such a deflation for – I'm sure if you're a Leafs fan, you're like – yeah! <laughs> Suck it, Connor! But uh, I was watching like, oh, that's going to be the end, but still a big win nonetheless. But before we get to that, we should mention also on headlines reported by Freeman. good news here, Alex. It looks like Frederick Anderson's season, we all know exactly what's going on with his injury, but his season is not in jeopardy.
0: That, I, I you know, there's a lot of goaltending talk on Leafs Twitter, and I think mm-hmm. we forget that Frederick Anderson is still a good goalie. And that, mm-hmm. like, I'm sorry, I don't haven't seen much from Jack Campbell. Like, this is just the truth. Like, we're touting that Jack Campbell is going to be the next savior of this team, but he hasn't even played 100 NHL games. Mm-hmm. So what's I, the
1: saying that you need to sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I was just going to say like, I think it's important that Freddie does come back because when he's not actually injured, he's actually good.
1: Mm-hmm. I think there's that saying that you need to play 200 games to figure out an NHL goaltender. It's like hundred for a defenseman, 200 for, um, for a goalie. They're really, really, really strange. Uh, looking back at both the game against the Sens and the Oilers, though, is um, it, it's interesting that there's a note on this in the doc because I was watching I'm thinking to myself, I'm seeing I thought it was good puck movement on the power play, but mm-hmm. the Leafs just weren't scoring at all. And I think one of you have identified it here as they need to slow down a bit.
0: When I wrote slow down, I, mean, I didn't necessarily maybe, – maybe I phrased it wrong, but – I think they're going back to that the way it was last year, where it was very you ha- like very structured, and structure is good until a certain point, right? And now we're and if you compare the it, this is my opinion, comparing the power play at the beginning of the season to compare to now at the beginning of the season, it was so free flowing. It didn't feel like there was such a hard structure in place where now it feels like one guy's in one spot and it just feels, they feel confused. It looks like they feel confused to me that they're, they're going back to playing so structured on the power play where the best part of their power play was when they were playing free flowing.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. I kind of agree with that too, that, Things have become way too structured in a way. And when I look back on the criticism that's kind of been when it comes to skilled players for the Leafs, I just think of Phil Kessel where I remember when uh, Randy Carlisle had a bit of a headache about it because, and I'm not saying that, you know, we, we agree with everything Randy Carlisle said, but it was the kind of thing where Kessel kept trying to look for that spot on the net. Like it wasn't kind of like just get the puck onto the net, just make the play kind of thing. I think, with the way Toronto is is just that they're a bit more conscious now of like what they were gonna do with everything. And I think for them, just play their game. Like you don't have to always match up to like the certain lines that the Oilers have. You don't have to kinda have have these things going where it's like things are gonna be as perfect as they are they are as they are on the whiteboard. Like just
1: mm-hmm. they, these
3: these guys know how to play. Just go out and do the Do their stuff.
1: That's it. It's like there are so many creative players on that team that it's not very difficult to just let Mitch Marner work his magic, or Morgan Riley to make it again. It's it's not difficult. At some point, you just have to let players play. You know, both the coaches and I think the players have to realize. You know, it's not a power play shouldn't be black or white. You know what I mean? Is even in Washington, you know that's been probably the best, most consistent power play. For how long now? Um, it isn't simply, you know, black, white, get it to Ovi. You know, it's it's the work that a guy like Baxham will do or even John Carlson from the other side. It's just, that's what makes it work. You know, it's the players themselves. It's it's not hard to tell five good players to go out and work a power play, especially with that much elite talent. Right. Um, It should just be boom, 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 boom. I mean, you know, what was that? I know a lot of people took the piss out of it, but... Uh, when this saying first came out, but the thing of the Leafs' toughness is their power play. Um, that mm-hmm. should be a squad. It should just be relentless. Um, so I think Mike Smith, that he's been, he has been good the entirety of the season. Um, but I don't know. I was watching one of the games they had against Calgary a few weeks ago, and there are still those faults there. Where you're like, man, he's not like falling off a cliff again. But there are just some of those goals where you're like, man, you gotta have that.
3: Yeah. Which is um funny to me because I remember in the first period he had some of like some fantastic saves against Toronto where like you know he'd stack the pads or you know he crossed the crease pretty well, but then he'll make the big saves, but then the goals that he does allow it's just like oh you let that one in.
1: Mm-hmm. And you know by the way I I thought the Oilers maybe for a part how they sort of played to start the third I thought they were kind of lucky to get a point last night. And by virtue of, and maybe it's unfair to say this, but it's just, it was really, especially the dry side of goal for McDavid. I was like, man, and I won't lie to you because of the news that came out about the Canadians. I had a bit of a hard time focusing on the third, but the first and second, I thought it was just all Toronto. Yeah
0: I, yeah, I i I would agree with that as well. I don't you know. I, I think Toronto were the better team in that in that game. And I think call it whatever you want, but I think they got extremely unlucky that Pierre Engvall scored and then McDavid decided to do his thing and he got reviewed. That's the trick. Um, when Pierre Engvall's goals get reviewed, never ends well. Mm-hmm. Um, except last night. McDavid and right like those were I, – I didn't even know how to react because it's like, wow, they just did that. And then it's like, well, they just did that against my favorite team but like they were fantastic goals Mm -hmm. and that's what they do. That's what McDavid and Dreisaitl do. But at the end of the day, I don't think they were the better team.
1: So what is this in the doc about a positive in the slump?
0: Oh, okay. Let me explain. I've been thinking about this. Like, I think when we think about slump, it's all negative, 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 but I, I think I have found something that is going to be positive. Every team has to go through some type of adversity, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like most teams go through adversity. Tampa Bay had gone through it multiple times. They got swept and then they started the year poor. Okay. So, and I'm not comparing the two teams. I'm just saying, using them as an example. Toronto is going through adversity. They're going to eventually have to come out of it. There's no way that this slump lasts for the rest of the season not with the players that they have. If they I also, can, sorry, no, sorry. I, thought you were right, sorry. I, I was just going to say, if they can get out of this slump now, it gives them the, it, it proves that they have the ability to get out of the slump. It not proves to the fans. I think we know they can get out of a slump, but I think it proves to themselves that that group, because it's not the same group as necessarily as last year. I think adding Thornton, adding Simmons, Boghossian, et cetera, and Brody, it's a different group, and you can tell. And Keith has admitted it himself. Like, adding Wayne Simmons alone was a huge change. He said it on Hockey Central.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But to deal with adversity, it gives the young guys in that room the proof that they can do it themselves so that when they're down 2-1, when they're down 3-1, let's say, in the playoffs, they know that they can get out of it.
1: They have, and you know, the last two games. wanted your take on this, Daniel? It really has seemed like it is them starting to play like we expect the Leafs to against the Oilers and the Sens. This is a, and this isn't the Sens. This is a Leafs Sens game, which is a completely different beast.
3: Yeah, I I kind of think too. Where we've seen the glimpses of what this team's capable of, capable of, so it's not it's not it's it's in no way asking them to play at a level that we've never seen before. It's just, we just need the consistency there. And I think that getting out of that slump, I completely agree that, yeah, you have John Tavares, you have that leadership core, you have like a Jake Muzzin as well, but adding like a Simmons, a Thornton, and then bringing back a Spezza. It's just, it's just what you kind of need when you are deep in the trenches and you, you're you going to have those tough games against to say like, you know, listen, these are the things that are going to go on. And this is what you kind of need for that playoff run. Um, And I can even even looking back on the the Columbus series or the Bruin series where you know I really thought they had them when they got John Tavares, but it's it's that added pressure now where you you're gonna have guys that gonna know like this is this is something I've been through before and I know what to get through, so in terms of what they have to kind of do now is I completely agree. Like these are, these are moments of adversity. These are moments of, there's that mountain in front of them. It's just, it's up to them to kind of show that we've been there before on the top, uh, like at the top in terms of, you know, production, we just have to make sure that we stay there.
1: When's your next game? Uh, Tomorrow. Um, Against Edmonton. Oh, okay. Then two against the Jets, two against the Flames. And the Habs again on April 7th. Okay, interesting. Good little mix of games here. Um, and those games against the Jets are going to be huge too because it's once again an opportunity for the Leafs to really, again, separate themselves in the standings. Uh, Jets two points behind. The games, game in hand, though, the Leafs have. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see a Leafs team that maybe can – even more so if they do make that trade and get a grand in soon.
3: You know, this reminds me of the division. What? So remember when like just a few teams were running away with it? And then, you know, like when Thano says balance.
1: Yeah. He's got the knife and it's like, yeah, oh, you yeah. kill half Gamora's yeah. people. Yeah.
3: I remember when they uh, had a, uh, they had that to where um, Kawhi Leonard, they didn't sign with the Lakers, signed with the Clippers. And it's like, look, balance in the West once more. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, then him, then him and Paul George just laid an egg. So unfortunate. I, so unfortunate. We're still figuring that out. Okay, um, anything else on the leaves? I don't think so. Okay, interesting. Now, we switched gears to one of the other Eastern Canadian teams. Mark Bergeron's a damn dirty liar. A damn... This dishonest man, Mark Bergevin. Um, The oh, It must have been the day after he had his press conference talking about you know, all the COVID stuff and again not uh, probably making a trade. The Habs acquire Centerman Eric Stahl. Uh, From the Buffalo Sabres. Now Stahl is going to be retained at 50% salary. So his cap, it will be $1.625 million. And the Canadians, the other way, send a third and a fifth round pick in this year's draft. Both the picks belong to Montreal. And coincidentally, the Sabres did not have a third or fifth in this year's draft. So it helps out for both teams. Uh, first off, I guess we can ask from the Sabres point of view, two draft picks for a player that wasn't great for them. And again, they're, they're in a bit of a reset right now.
0: That's uh, I mean, I guess you had got to get, I think will said it too. you got to get what you can get for these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like, you don't really have much of a, another option here. You can't let this sit because clearly Eric Stahl wasn't happy. And one thing, one thing that I did notice remember when it was 14 day quarantine and Eric Stahl was not an option for any Canadian teams? Mm-hmm. It should tell us how bad the situation in Buffalo that it went down to seven. And he then he said, you know what, I'll go to Montreal because I believe he was on his 10 team no trade list along with the rest of Canada. And he said, okay, let's do it. Mm. Like it should tell you the how bad of a situation yeah. Buffalo
1: is in. He, and he did confirm that as such that the seven days, the seven day stuff, um, it did really help him say, yeah, I'll go He And he, he had his media availability uh, earlier today. when He was also didn't really want to talk about Buffalo. Um, and then looking at Montreal, I mean, we said it, they don't need, it's not a bad thing to give up pecs. And here they get a guy who I don't, like people saying that the Habs have gotten the washed up Eric Stahl here because again the Buffalo effect but what they get here is now they can sort of bolster themselves down the middle of the two young guys uh Danube for the third line guy and now their fourth line center is Eric Stahl um, face-offs he's not amazing but he's at I think its career is 49% uh, and a big body too Um what do you guys make of this acquisition for the Habs and what Eric Stahl can bring to the lineup?
3: I think it's A renewed, renewed, uh, or not renewed, but it's like reaffirming that this is a new Montreal team in a way that, you know, for all the moves that have been made, you could just go in now, add another guy that uh, could just be great for them. I think, um, sorry guys, there's like my, I'm echoing. I think on Adam's side. Yeah. Hold on. Do you have your headphones on?
0: Just here. Keep going. Keep going.
3: Okay. I think, yeah, the acquisition of stall going to Montreal as B be, has been something that reaffirms what Mark Bergevin is talking about and is wanting to build a contender that, you know, it's not going to be another transition year. It's not going to be something where we're going to just make the playoffs and good enough. It's adding in a few guys where you could kind of say that I'm going to go for the run. I want to add these key veterans that have been there before that they perform so well. And, Same time, a guy that could play the left side, that can play center, someone who could move around the lineup, and he's proven it. Like Again, it's the Sabres kind of environment that we've shown with the production. Like Even when he was traded by Minnesota, he was still a very good secondary scorer.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point there, though, in that he cannot just play down the middle. middle. He can also play on the side. Uh, There's still Uh, an echo, by the way. Um, and, and I think that's an important thing because if there is an injury this is the guy you're slotting up this is the guy you're moving up um, no you're not okay who are you moving up you, you, I'm sorry you can't play Eric Stahl fourth line
1: fourth minutes line. That's it.
0: I, I, I don't Side think line. he's a fourth line player the echo, the echo is, is still going slow. through Adams I'll pause it I'll pause it
1: Okay, technical difficulties. Uh, where were we? Uh, Eric Stahl. Um,
0: no, but what were we talking about? Oh, so- I was saying he's the guy. He's the guy you can move up. I don't think you just play him fourth line minutes.
1: Um, okay, if it's like, oh, I mean, like down the middle, you do like you don't take him off and like put him on the wing, but like yeah, he can't. But he can play the wing though.
0: That is an option. He's done it before.
1: That's not why they acquire them though. If you're getting like there are so many guys to be. If they want – like, Stahl, if they need another winger or, like, insurance for that, they don't get him because like, they don't need it. Like, again, Leak hasn't played. Like but would you rather is there. play
0: Fro-Leak or Eric Stahl?
1: Okay, here's the thing. League is, like, the last guy. You still don't mm. have Evans who can move there. You still have Lekkonen who can't get into the lineup. I – it's just the the reason for the move was for the center move. And like they even asked him about it. Stahl said today, like, listen, I'm used to playing 23 minutes, but I'm accepting my role. It's just if he's moving up, it has to be in the center position. If one of the young guys are faltering, he's not the the purpose of Eric Stahl is not to ever move up and play the wing and even strength. Like I just that's just not what the move's for. Um though. I'll tell you what I really like about it as well. um his offensive reduction, I wonder, now obviously he's not going to be scoring mad points because of where he's going to be in the lineup though there's still a bit of zest with Eric Stahl, and it's weird like when he got to Minnesota, it just something flicked with him. It's really strange, like uh, Daniel, I don't know if if like you've ever talked to uh, like other members in the Minnesota hockey riders here, but I'm wondering like what it was there because it looked like once he got traded to the Rangers for that sort of a run they had, it looked like his career was over.
3: Yeah. I, I think it's like, it's still that hunger he kind of had. He still wanted to play and it's just the environments were just not working for him. I think in Carolina, they were already on that transition period towards what we see them with now he wasn't part of the future and his numbers were just down. I I don't know. That was the case, but with the Rangers, it was kind of the same thing where another veteran heavy team and he wasn't necessarily playing the role he wanted to play. I remember he played the left side a lot more with the Rangers, but then he went to Minnesota. It was a kind of, it was a kind of thing where he had a coach in Bruce Boudreaux that really believed in him, that knew what he can bring to the team. And it just clicked. And Mm -hmm. I think the way Stahl's been able to do that is just, he's just a guy where, like, he's just so valued in a way that that leadership aspect for it as well. Like, with Minnesota, like, people were shocked when he was traded. Like, that was something where that was Bill Guerin's real big move to say, I'm moving, I'm moving things around because I do not like how things were getting settled here. But I think what you get with Eric Stahl now is, he 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 may still be able to give you that but what, what what I kind of feel with him too is that he doesn't mind if he doesn't put up the minnesota numbers anymore because you saw in the last few seasons with the wild that he wasn't putting up you know the 70 points anymore but he he's he's accepted his role and i think that's the the most valuable thing
1: mm-hmm. it's like um It's like those prospects that fail because they're not like, oh, I can't do 70 points in the NHL anymore because it's not man-on-man. It's weird. Um, You would imagine that there is another move coming because, listen, I don't think there's been a year that has confused me more with the cap than this season. So right now, their current cap space is is $500,000. Um, and this is keeping in mind that right now Paul Byron is on the taxi squad, and these are one of the off days when you're like, "Why is Nick Suzuki there?" Well, ELC stuff, shenanigans. So you imagine that there has to be another move coming.
0: Is that with Stahl in on the in the lineup, um, on the main roster, or is he that
1: not there? Have him there now. Okay. Um, though uh, apparently there doesn't have to be anything concrete done until he touches like he, cause obviously he's quarantining right now. So he's on yeah. the COVID list. So I, I just, I'm so confused how this seems to work because I thought their cash space was like hundred K, but then they brought on stall. I, I just, it, it makes no goddamn sense. The cap, it, no. it really doesn't. Like they, they need to, I need like we need to get cat friendly on somehow. Get the guy and be like, can you just explain this to us? Like how the so hell this questions.
0: works? But. Just so many questions.
1: So many. Uh Eric Staldo. I'm excited. He's gonna be wearing number 21. Because he's yeah. Nick Cousins, apparently. <laughs> really, really a weird number. Twenty one? Who are you? That sure. Yeah, but yeah, point. he's not now. Twenty no, one? No. Like, come on. That's a that's a I think Mike what, would classify that as a bad number. What
0: number was he in Buffalo? Wasn't he 12? I believe so. I Is believe anyone- he was 12, which I guess that's his usual number. There's your answer to why it's 21. <laughs> it's just the opposite.
1: Yes. That's such a hockey player thing. You know I'm going to do? Yeah. It looks like I see pictures of him. It's 12. Okay, cool. And apparently Carolina were interested, but they were going to wait close to the deadline for a rental and sucks i'll
3: take him i think they were trying to do a three-way trade where they also acquired mark but you know it just didn't work out i believe that yeah. i would believe that <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think he was lie. right-handed um I yeah that'd be awesome if they could bring him back jared's just some consultant he works in the training he's the guy pass who knows though so that's not even the biggest piece of news with montreal because right before headlines came on i feel like they did this on purpose just to say like hey chris johnson you're not going to get this report out News came out that the Habs have finally done it. Cole Caulfield has been signed to his ELC. Uh, this is of course after the Wisconsin Badgers were dishumiliated humiliated by Bemegi. Uh, in that game though, Caulfield was amazing. Um, he will report to the Laval Rocket. And I'm not kind of surprised by this because I wouldn't be surprised if this is very much an easing in process. Or it is, again, something to do with another move in coming to do the cap because his cap hit this year, I believe, is around $800,000. Like, it seems to be the first year of this is very much very friendly for him trying to come onto the team. And also, he won't be too picky about the details of this year because he gets to burn a year of his contract, which is, you love to see it, like the KO McCars and all that. So, before I gush all about it, because I love this player, and I've been waiting so long. At the moment, I know what number he's wearing. I'm getting his jersey. What do you guys realistically think is going to be Cole Caulfield's role? And we can say maybe by the end of the season.
3: Second Um, line.
0: Which line? Second line? Second line.
1: I think he's going
0: to
3: exceed expectations.
0: It's a tough – I mean, I hope – that's the. I mean, not really, but the Leafs fan in me, no. But um, I, I, I do hope for his sake that that's the case. But I, I really, I can see him spending some time in Laval and coming up for the end stretch. And I, and I don't know what the end stretch would be this year because it's fifty-six games, but I can see him getting used to pro level hockey and then making his way to the main team. Um, I I don't know who he would Mm. even take out of the lineup.
1: It's a question, eh? Because, I mean, he is a right-hander, so you'd like to play him on, on the right wing. And it's just so crowded there right now. Though I mean, like, like going next year, like I think it's safe to say Armi is probably gone, and I, I wonder if then that's the cap space, that's the move to move Caulfield in, is they they trade Armia's, I think it's around two million dollars him or a Cherry Leckin in. Um, I guess like he, and you know to start like because obviously the, the big issue here is and it, it is a concern is he's five yeah. seven. He he doesn't have size. He he might never have that physicality to his edge because he's just his body just isn't there. You know, it's the offense with Cole. So if anything, like I think having super expectations for him to start is going to be a bit bonkers unless he just sits doing one-timers on the power play, which you should probably do because he has to get acclimated to the game that way. It's, it's not something we think about too often, but you know, that's why we were, we were actually getting pretty adamant about when it looked like the OHL wasn't going to have hitting, even though we don't, Still, know what's happening with the Montreal.
3: Yeah,
1: um, that's but, a
3: mystery. Know,
1: it's a, it's a big part of development, and it's going to be. I think that's that's going to be the biggest thing for him. No pun intended for the short king. I love the kid. Fantastic.
3: I love it. I, I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: because he is. Because he is. That's how I introduced him in my video Alright. Yeah, my-
3: I, I like to change my answer. I think he'll yep. play top six minutes with Laval, and you know, pending injury or something, he'll get. He'll get the glimpses with the Canadians, but it has to be like if there's an injury or something. But I don't know. We'll see. Because I again, like his size, his the way he plays, like he has to be in a top six.
1: I was gonna say if he's not, if they're not playing him in the top six in Laval, like what the frick is Yo Bouchard doing? You know, he might play with Ryan Paley, Honestly, I mean in the AHL, I think that will be pretty good. I mean, like we, the Canadians aren't afraid to send guys down to the Laval to like develop a Bouchard. It's done wonders for some players. So, I mean, that could uh, really, really help Cole. Plus, you know, not to mention, like you're moving from, you know, Wisconsin to Montreal, no offense to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin to Montreal in the midst of a pandemic, the weather's been crappy all week. So yeah, you know, that's gonna be bad. I don't think it's the worst if, like thing for him to just sort of chill over in Laval. Plus, Laval, good place. Um, French is a little thinky there, so he's going to have to get used to that. Alain Z, he said in his statement. <laughs> so, like, I feel like I just need to, like, just take a little time to just, like. There has not been a Canadian's prospect that I have been more excited for. What? The ever. Not to Sherbeck? Not to Sherback. There was so much potential there. All the skill. No effort, though. No effort. That's why he's in, like, where is he? Like, we, we found out, Dallas? Like, the Texas I, Stars?
3: I think so, yes. Nikita, Yeah, he was, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, let's, let's not even bother double check. It's Nikita Sherback. St. Cloud guy. Love to see it, but still. I'm excited to see what he does. And, you know, if there is the opportunity to get that shot onto your lineup, um, and then... As well as Eric Stall, if they can manage to pull off a defenseman. By the way, I do want to ask you guys this. If the moves are Caulfield and then strengthening the center court with Eric Stall, do you like that bit of business for the deadline for Mark Bergerman?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only, like, I think they're good moves. The only other thing you could really do is add a defenseman Mm -hmm. Um, just for the, I guess you can still go for, for Ekholm I guess I don't see it happening um, but I, I think you're like I could see him making a defensive depth type move um, but other than that like yeah great moves
1: I do wonder and yeah I don't see Ekholm happening either because if, if it happens they're not going to want to retain salary on that at all and it feels like if, if you're having to move like, the salary there is just going to be, like, it's going to be real gymnastics. Like, does he have the assets? Of course he does. But, again, yeah, I, I apparently Ben Chervat's recovery seems to be getting better and better, which is super annoying. Why couldn't you have just rested until the playoffs, dude? Come on. Um, like, you know, good for him. But, apparently, he's coming back even sooner than expected now, which is like, God damn it, Berger. Yeah, but still, hey, I'm just saying Vatten in one million dollars. It works. Seven-day quarantine is, is so huge. Um, okay, and we still don't know when exactly Montreal playing playing. Apparently, it's not looking likely they actually play against the Sens on the 30th, I think, which still going to keep an eye on, but that's really, really weird. And we actually haven't said this out right, but if you've kind of figured it out, the 14-day quarantine for players coming into Canada from the States is now down from 14-day to, to seven which is making trades that much more easier now. And again, without that, Eric Stahl is not a Montreal Canadian. You'd love to see it. So, it is time for us to do our Western Division trade deadline preview. Would you like to start from the top or the bottom of the division, guys?
0: The top. The bottom just gets a little too fun.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, so... I have made another super trade. So I hit my mic again.
3: They said super train.
1: Super train. Yeah that's a super trade. Now, lads, I, Eric Stahl was part of this, but then obviously, you know Bergerven happened. What do we know about Vegas? And I have three things written down here about the Golden Knights. What do we know about them?
0: Um, they have no cap space they're in it to win it
1: so first one they want to win yes now the cap stuff is very true alex but that's not one of my main three things but they want to win is the first one okay
0: um they need a better top six centerman
3: chandler stevenson is their first line center
1: yes okay it was the main three are they're they're always in on everyone Uh, remember they they were, they were in on line a like how They want to win, and they don't care who they trade. They do everyone. So I have here the four-way Eichel trade of trade and competition for victory. This is a two-step trade, by the way. Step one is the initial trade itself, and it's a three-way to start. In this, Vegas have to give up. And they will receive Jack Eichel, by the way, in case you haven't noticed. The Sabres will actually receive in all of this. Vegas is first this year and next year. The second this year, which is not Vegas's own. It's actually in New Jersey's, which how the hell they got that?
0: Gusev, Gusev.
1: Gusev what even? And by the way, that's a good second-round pick, by the way. That's, that's a high second-rounder of how they're playing. Cody Glass which I don't think they're going to be in a rush to really, I don't think they're going to, I think they're fine with trading for Eichel. And I already know what people are going to say about the next few players. So don't even. William Carlson is also going to be going to the Sabers along with Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, the math here is, I, I have done this all, and I've like triple checked it with a calculator and everything. So this all works out. And you're probably wondering, Adam, first off, Fleury and and, um, Carlson have some trade protection. Why would they waive it to go to Buffalo? Well, first off, William Carlson is going to get flipped. So is Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, why would Marc-Andre Fleury, where would he go? That's easy. Because the Sabres are then going to acquire a second this year and Samuel Poulin for a half-retained Mark andre Fleury, damn it. He's going back. 3.5 per. You love to see it. Now, William Carlson. We'll get to him in a second. Don't worry. So, also in this, to make this work, because you're probably thinking, okay, Robin Leonard still sort of recovering from his concussion. They're training their best goalie. Linus Allmark is going the other way. And it's weird. He was on injury reserve yesterday. He was playing. So he's healthy. So, Again, Vegas will receive Eichel and Ulmark. Pittsburgh are giving up a second Poulin. Vegas are giving up Carlson, Glass, two first and a second. Now, we are flipping William Carlson to Minnesota and you're probably asking, why would he go to Minnesota? First of all, the Golden Knights have basically said, we don't want you here anymore. And we know players are already pissed off with being in Vegas over the summer because they kept treating everyone's friends. And there's one player that is at a level that I think you could say you get to play with him. And who is that, Daniel?
3: Karel Kaprasov.
1: The thrill! Kaprasov. <laughs> and there's a bit of backroom dealings here as well. The Sabres will then flip Carlson for Nick Bukestad because they think they can recover that. And Matt Dumba because they're going, Minnesota needs to look at the big picture here, that, and they're going to lose him for nothing at the expansion draft, or they have to give up assets to retain him. And there might be a cheeky trade after the expansion draft where they trade him back. We'll see though. And they will, of course, yeah, they get William Carlson. That works by the way. That's big. Uh, salary does get within about a million dollar like, in cap space for Minnesota. Sorry for Buffalo. But beside that, all the math works perfectly. So um, that is my proposed massive trade for the Vegas Golden Knights. So Um, yeah, go ahead.
0: No, first thing, um, NHL's GMs just aren't this creative.
1: Yeah, no, of course not. No, they're
0: not. Yeah, Uh, and the only the only player I'm not the biggest fan of putting in that trade would be William Carlson and Mm -hmm. like because I think if you give up Cody Glass. Okay, how comfortable are you with Chandler Stevenson as your second line center? Because I, I don't know if I don't know if you want to get into the situation where and William Carlson is not Jack Eichel, but for that one season he was really, really good, right? And you had Carlson and then it you had Statsny and then it kind of went down. Mm. And I feel like we're trading William Carlson and all these guys. And then they're still stuck in that situation. I understand it's Jack Eichel. I I fully get that. But how comfortable are you with Chandler Stevenson as your second line center?
1: So let me just get Vegas' lines up here. Um, Because the thing with Stevenson is he goes from playing with Pat Joranian Stone, which he is right now, he goes down to playing with Marcia So and Smith. Now, apparently the advanced numbers really like Chandler Stevenson. Apparently he's having a breakout here. Because then you turn into Boston a bit, where you don't have a Tavares or Malkin as your second line center, but you still have a good guy in Stevenson. I don't know if he's the level of Kadri, but he's that kind of more mold of of Colorado. But then it becomes, it doesn't matter, because you are you have a destruction line that Boston would have, because then your top line becomes Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel. Um, so I think that's it. Like, listen, the, the big reason I had William Carlson in this trade is you need to send a center back and you need to mm-hmm. make the salary work because they, they can't trade a defenseman because uh, they need them. So uh, William Carlson, he was the biggest stretcher because if that it's, it's simple. Um, I, I, like if there was looking at this, the biggest hole I realized was William Carlson. Um, like if, for example though, and maybe I'm biased because I made the trade. If I'm Vegas, I do this in a second because Jack yeah, and I'm um, this is what makes Vegas so fun they don't care they're just like way, like but it is it is a very 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 big gaping hole like looking at a sunset and you just see like a burning building and William Carlson is the burning building I'm not saying he's that bad because he's not bad he's good it's just it is a very big um it's like slipping when you're doing a painting it's like oh crap now there's now there's a duck in the sky and over the, the garden. It's, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, but um, anyway, um, Vegas, um, you guys also, I want to hear both your takes here. Um, Cause we looked at possibly a more reasonable depth settlement. They could look at here. I want to hear both of your trades here and we'll start here with Alex. Uh,
0: I have him going for Derek Broussard. Who's having a, I mean, an okay season in Arizona as good as things are there uh for Dylan Sakura who I believe they got from uh Chicago that's more for money and a third which Mm -hmm. would be Vancouver's next year
1: Danny
3: honestly like I think Alex has just really convinced me on that being the probably the most reasonable trade because I had Broussard going there as well but for draft pick, but, and I know a player, I, I thought Zach Whitecloud, but I understand that. Like he is a depth guy in any other team, but again, Vegas really needs their defenseman.
1: Mm-hmm. So realistically the deal is Broussard, like, by the way, you both had him, um, but yeah, we were just having a bit of fun there with Jack. Okay. okay. Next is Colorado. Okay. Listen, um, viewers, listeners, we have made so many trades, to Colorado, in our first few previews, and we're definitely probably going to do it. I don't know about you guys, but I've started on my Buffalo, like my my East Division. This is Buffalo. It crumpled up because I got mad at them because they traded Stall. Um, but I have trades going to Colorado too. Listen, if there's a depth forward, you can link them to Colorado. Bobby Ryan, Matt Nieto, Sorensen. That may be one later. Listen. It's anyone. And I think later on we also are looking at goaltenders. So listen. If there's a goalie, link them to Colorado. If there's a Very forward, much. link them to Colorado. We're gonna move on, because at the same time, if they don't make a good move, they can still probably win. Yeah. Right. It's Trevor Vegas. Deal with it. Sorry, if you're an abs fan and you're just one segment devoted, just listen to the episode. We'll make trades. Mm-hmm. But it's Colorado. Right. They're probably like the best team in the normal West Division, but you know, because Tampa's technically in the conference. It's dumb. It's dumb. Okay. Minnesota. They're in a weird position where they should probably be sellers. And Alex, their defenseman, Ian Gold, he's available.
0: Yeah. I, I, well, we talked to Will before about, uh, defenseman. And I have actually have Ian Cole going to Florida for a fourth round pick. I've, I've been reading online too, a couple people um, saying, you know, Florida should go out and get an extra defenseman. They're not very happy with Anton Stralman at the moment. Obviously, he was just put on waivers. So I think he's a competent defenseman, which is a great start like Ian Cole. Like he's not going to play top four minutes here. Right. So I think you need a competent defenseman either to play with Yandel or to play with the
1: mm. I think that's very fair. And, um, Daniel, um, Marcus Johansson is an interesting player. It's just, it feels like he's starting to go back and forth with every deadline now.
3: Yeah. I think like the the wild kind of realized that it didn't really kind of work out with him, which is fine because he's been out of the lineup way too many times to really kind of see what he could have done for the team. Um, he was supposed to be, you know, one of their center guys, but it didn't work out. They actually have Ryan Hartman now playing at center, and I think that th- they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna just see whatever they can get for Marcus Johansson, mm-hmm. and he he's a guy that he's been serviceable. Like I think when you look at what he was able to do for the Bruins, um, he is someone that you can definitely kind of go with come playoff time, especially in a limited role.
1: Mm -hmm. I like him. Marcus Johansson. He was good with New Jersey. And it just, he's also had injury problems there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Looking at St. Louis. First of all, we will mention again, Friedman said there's interest with the blues and and Taylor Hall because they can't score for some reason. Um, I'll throw it over to Alex in a second, but um, I looked at goaltending and thought, man, who so sucks. And Finnington is not amazing and not worth the same money as Jacob Markstrom. <laughs> so, listen, like Bernier, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes for a first at this rate, apparently all this interest. But I have him going for a second next year, uh, $250,000 retained. And again, I say it every episode, Sunquist is like God, so his salary makes yeah. up for everything. We think. We don't know. Cap friendly. No one knows how the cap works. No one does. <laughs> Alex, go ahead. It um, doesn't work.
0: I had a double trade. I had Bernier and Bobby Ryan going to St Louis for uh Sammy Blay and a third. Mm-hmm. I just think it, it you kind of can kill two birds with one stone there, but not just that. like they're effective players. like it's not like we're just doing it. They're just doing it to do it. I think Bernier is better than Billy Huso. um, and I think Bobby Ryan can kind of fit wherever.
1: There's just something about the blues that I was like, when you think of Bobby Ryan and them, they just kind of fit. I don't know what it is, but he just, he looked good in the blue. I think, I don't know if that's just me, but, and it's, you know, The the
3: Americanism.
1: uh, America. (laughs) Why does Bobby Ryan work with St. Louis? America. Is that our new thing? How does the cap work? America.
3: Sure. Which is funny, like no one ever said, you know, Bobby Wright. Well, not now, but because he's actually from New Jersey, but the rumors before were he was always going to Philadelphia.
1: There are another team that's always in it, like the Weber stuff. Again, they were in the like Tavares, like Philly are always like. Spending always, money. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. Um, what is Carter Hart's deal up? Because I really hope. Yeah, oh, no. I believe in Carter Hart. Uh,
0: Did Adam just freeze for you? Oh, oh, I um,
1: thought
0: it was just me. You froze there for a second.
1: My internet connection is unstable. Thanks for telling me now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Francis, Bowers, and a first for they're done screwing around with the goaltending. They're going to get Anthony Ranta are Colorado from the Arizona Coyotes. Alex, though, defenseman. They have a few of them over there in Arizona that are available, but Jarmuson, good player, Swedish.
0: Yeah, I put. I actually have Nicholas Jarmuson going to Boston. Um, I mean, they're still having a really good season, considering. Uh, the pieces that they did lose on the back end, but I still mm-hmm. think they might be looking to upgrade. I thought that was quite evident when they were in on the OEL sweepstakes for that two weeks that he was available. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have him going to Boston for a second and Oscar Steen.
1: Um, and John Moore is like gone. He's gone, gone. So they yeah. do need that defensive help even more. Yeah. And the LTIR, they already had space, but now it's even better. Um, Also, another Broussard deal here, I do want to say I think Daniel and I have become the president of the Derek Broussard fan club. Um, (laughs) He makes a million so you take, you retain half of that 500k and then you send him to Tampa Bay with the Volkov move they have cap space now somehow because the cap is nothing wrong with the cap. It's Mm -hmm. not complete confusion and BS. and I just kind of went with, and again, I reworked some of these deals. I went a third and a fifth because I basically went and copied the Eric Stahl trade. Um, listen, I'm, I was lazy on that trade because I was creative enough of Vegas. So I thought for this one, I would pretend to be a real GM mm-hmm. and not try. <laughs> the LA Kings are big sellers. And I guess, Daniel, I want you to tell me something about how we shouldn't trade Jack Stipnika for Andreas Alton,
3: Yeah, I don't know. I think the Kings, they're still at a point now where they still want the draft picks, like, you know, their own homegrown guys. And I know Alex has mentioned the reclamation projects, but for me, it's just another thing where we didn't know what the Penguins were going to be this year. And then suddenly, despite the injuries, they've been able to kind of stay within it, within their division. Like they're still up there. They could still make a run, Mm -hmm. even though like half their roster is on injured reserve right now. And I yes. think that they're going to try to add another piece for scoring depth or another guy where, you know, he somehow ends up on like a Crosby-Malkin line. And that's Andreas Antanasiu. And I could see them giving up maybe their third next year, which I said becomes the second this year if the Penguins go to like the finals.
1: I love how it's like, okay, a winger that has scored in the past, apparently there's locker room issues. We're going to try and sit in this I'm not taking the piss out of your trade by the way, Daniel. I actually think it's really good But I've just in this very second thought Man, is that the CU cabinet? You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Man, if if not for the pandemic I thought that would have been a really good player for Edmonton But they Man, they got done really, really dirty there They really, really did Not a dirty player, but a big physical player That could maybe fit in the Islanders Alex, who is it?
0: It is Dustin Brown. I feel like we're we're just thinking of the most blue guys and just trading them to the Islanders because Anders Lee is injured. Mm-hmm. Um and again, Dustin Brown is that guy. So I have him, I have a second round pick. Uh Leo Komarov for the money. Um he makes three million this year and next year. Sebastian Aho, the defenseman, not the forward.
1: Yes. And-
0: and uh, Josh Ho saying just to kind of get him out of New York. And I think like I w- like I I think it fits that whole reclamation project idea that we were talking about before, you know, Elias Anderson, et cetera. And I think adding Josh Ho saying it would be – a I think it would be a good move for the team.
3: I really like it too. I think that, uh, again, when I look from the islander side with the getting with this, like that is going to be a gritty team to play against like really gritty and again another Lou guy he's been a captain before and he loves the leadership aspect of it but I think with the Kings is like you know you get another draft pick you clear money and you get you get two younger guys that have just not had the chance anywhere else they've just really kind of Plateaued when they got to a point, but I think that you could still get something out of them. They're going to have the chances to play and there's not going to be that really added pressure where you're trying to force yourself to a team that wants to try to contend.
1: I thought of a really, I thought of a tweet when I just heard you mention Sebastian Ajo, by the way, Alex. The defenseman. Um, yes, the defenseman, but it actually has to do with the other one. Is um, when the Habs got Eric Stahl, somebody tweeted the Habs are going to get Carolina's first line center no matter no matter the cost. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I thought that was really really good. <laughs> um, Alex, I follow. You know, like we don't have this specific trade, but Dangle keeps going on about that guy for the Leafs, and I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, but for the loss. The Leafs stuff, which we have to make. I haven't going to the Panthers because I don't know. You can never have enough depth scoring, and you know, Coach Q can be like, yeah, L.A. guy, I'll take it." You know, I don't know, make some sort of early 2010 Chicago L.A. battle out of that, even though Anthony was not part of that. Um, and yeah, going the other way would be a second, which I think is perfectly fine for I follow. I think I think that's a really, really good player that can play in the top six on any team. And yeah, Mason Marchman. because not? Uh, funny like funny player you know, uh, least what, are, what are with the Panthers, Mason Marchment, Carter Haiti. just listen uh, players. Former Leafs. Yeah. Okay, the Sharks. Oh. <sighs> there, there's nothing there. Like they're okay. Listen.
3: And you said the Marcus Sorensen. Uh,
1: what? You no, like no. the guy? Oh, we're we'll getting Marcus Sorensen because we're gonna we're gonna have a talk about that. Okay. Dubic is like whatever. Like I, I'm trying to figure out. Like, oh yeah, I wrote debate. Like, can we just try and look at like it's what like this? It's where I have my finger over right now. Like, like that says debate. debate. I don't know how, but
3: it looks like behave.
1: It does. You know when I say that um, behave, Adam. <laughs> are you gonna tell me to cut my hair next? Because you're sounding like my mom. Uh huh. Um. Anyway, um. like, Devin Dubnik, I mean, at this point, it's just get what you can get. Colorado can get him. Why not?
0: I think that's actually where I had him going. <laughs>
1: like, like, same with Matt Nieto. Okay, like, I need to, like, okay. I don't care about Matt Nieto. He's just the epitome of fourth-line winger. You know what I mean? Like, he's been around for what feels like forever. You know those stupid. Uh,
3: 2011.
1: Skew- that's, a, that's a decade, man. That's a decade. Yeah. In the, in the he was, NHL, it's a lot. Second long round man. pick. I mean, that's a safe second round pick. Like, the thing with Nieto is, you know, those really crappy, like, can you name these players that play for or what team this player plays for, right? That's so mean. My, Mike sent me one, like, as a joke because he's like, oh, I'm not going to come on your podcast if you can't. Like, just, he was just ripping me about it. I got one wrong. And it was goddamn Matt Nieto. Because I don't like, he's just just bad memories. Like, I didn't know if he was like, what, like San Jose or Colorado? It's just, it's Matt Nieto. He'll go to Colorado or something. I don't know. He's a depth forward. I don't care. That's who? Like, whatever.
0: Yeah. That's the thing with San Jose, because they're in such a weird position. Mm -hmm. Like, who are you going to give up of consequence? Like, what, who's trading for what on that team? Like, Neither of your goalies, like Dubnik's tradable because he can be a third. He has one year left. Jones is, I don't, who's going to take Jones. No, he's half that defense core is untradeable, which is unfortunate, which is very unfortunate considering Mm -hmm. the names on that defense core. Um, And even up front, like you're not trading Kane. You're not trading Couture, Hurdle, Meyer, LeBanc. Like these are the guys who have to trade. They're in an awful situation.
1: Maybe they're gonna terminate games contract before they trade him. Oh okay, I I really think Sorensen's is a good pickup. I re, I really do. And what I have here is his best years is when he was playing with Joe Thornton a few years back. And I think it was the year Thornton had like one actual goal against a real goal goalie. Remember that? The yeah. year he had like three and they were all empty netters. I love it. And it was one of the who actually – a good team so i think martin Sorensen makes a lot of you know he'll make 750k it makes sense because i'm training into the leafs and you know with the likes of boyd and um and jimmy vc leaving gotta love what was called vc bad but that real that'll wow, mike uh, this is mike's
0: this this is mike's least favorite episode
1: yeah. i love it how's the cottage mike um i <laughs> at the cottage i have him, oh, I us, have him going for third and the third is next year, Daniel. Okay. Do you have a problem with this trade?
3: I do not have. I just, when it was a second, I was just, it just kind of unnerved me because I feel like that could be an asset you could add in for a bigger trade for Toronto.
0: I think I'd agree with Daniel um, on that one. I, I don't know if how, like, maybe I don't know much. I don't know enough about Marcus Sorensen, but I don't know if it's worth giving up a second just for Marcus we're like Daniel's saying, you can go out and spend a second-round pick plus something for Granlund or whatever the price mm-hmm. is for Granlund. Like, that second-round pick can be used to acquire a better player.
3: Or in a Ricard Raquel package. You know, we never know. No,
1: oh, yeah, you're not yeah, paying you're that
3: much. You're not Ricard
0: Raquel no. with the second.
1: Okay.
3: No, no, no. He's part of the package, you know. Oh. Let, let,
1: let me yeah. ask you this, then. Yeah. Is Bark Was Barclay Goudreau worth worse the first-round pick?
0: No, but he had an extra year on his contract. Plus, they got a
3: third-round along with him.
1: Listen, all I'm saying is eventually the Leafs, and I think it could be as soon as this season, this deadline, are going to be at a point where they have to say, like, you know what? Forget draft picks. Let's go get Ryan McDonough. And I'm saying, like, they're going to get to the – They're not far off of being like Tampa Bay level of contender. They just need some playoff experience now, and then that's maybe that's why I'm saying like not. Then maybe it's like you don't give up those kind of steep prices now, but I think eventually they're not far off of that. And like at some point, asset managers like yeah, whatever. Like I want to win a cup, but you know everyone gets impatient at some point. I think
3: I think it just. It's the big move. Like I have just like had the thing with. I think the Leafs have the potential to make a big move. We
1: don't need one though. Like Grandlund not a big move, uh, like, but they
0: need but they need something bigger than Sorensen. Like uh, like I said last episode, if they're not willing to play Mcav on the th- on the second line, that's all fine, uh, but I'm sorry Alex Galchenyuk is not the answer. And he's, and, and Adam, you would tell me, you would say the exact same thing. Like yeah. he's looked fine the last few games and we can all go and say, Oh, look how he's played the last few games. But like you've said, like it's Alex Galchenyuk, man.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Listen, eventually. Who gives a damn about Timothy Lilligan when you're like, you when you are that one is all I'm saying. Um, Okay, we'll go on, though. The Sharks, they suck, unfortunately. Eric Carlson, I wish you were I wish you were Ottawa Senators, Eric Carlson. Okay, um, Alex, we did talk a little bit about Ricard Raquel. Let's actually – why don't you give us a realistic-looking trade for him because uh, Ricard Raquel, the Ducks are mad.
0: This was a tough one. I, I hated making this trade to this specific team, but I had to do it. Uh, so I have Ricard Raquel actually going to Boston. Uh, and what I was reading last night is that what they're looking for is a first-round pick plus a young roster player, like a young good player. Um, so I have him going for a first-round pick and Jake DeBrusque. Not
1: Jack Stundica.
0: Not Jack Stundica. I don't think that, that would cut it.
1: What a damn shame. What a damn damn shame. Um, Dan and Heinen, We just we determined in my notes I wrote crap because it is just there's no value. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. Yesterday Alex was like, can we just do the Canucks trade? I'm like, no, <laughs> no. But like, like that's the point that Dan and Heinen's value is at.
0: Well, I mean, like You're nothing. Look look at the first trade like look at how he was traded the first time. It was more for two guys who kind of needed a change of scenery. And I don't know if Nick Ritchie would be the Nick Ritchie. We see him in Boston as if he was in Anaheim. No, I, I, I just think it was a matter of a change of scenery. And I think mm. this is what Danton Heinen needs.
1: Um, okay. Both of you had get slap trades that I thought were worth mentioning. Daniel, why don't you take us off? Because he is your captain.
3: Yeah, I actually had the same trade as Alex, to be honest. It's just one player was different. So Colorado could afford to trade really any of the prospects not in the lineup because they just have so many and they just hit on a lot of them. So I'd say it's JT Comfort for the cap reasons, going to the Ducks along with, and I said either Shane Bowers or a Martin Cout because they also have Alex Newhook coming up
0: in exchange for Ryan Getzlaff.
1: (laughs) I hate Colorado. Alex, Alex, go ahead, man.
0: Yeah. Screw them. <laughs> I had JT comfort too. And and that's a lot to do with money, but I also think he could be, I don't know. That, that's also a guy who could might want to use a change of scenery. Um, and I, in the prospect I included was Connor Timmons. I, I just don't see how he's going to, how, like it's going to be very difficult for him to make the lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, considering the defense they already have, unless we can unless Eric Johnson is kind of like you know gone and he Eric Johnson's still a good defenseman, so I don't see that happening anytime soon. that's why I think Connor Timmins would benefit from maybe going to Anaheim where they all they do is create defensemen. <laughs>
1: And why don't you finish us off with Troy Terry, which it's dumb that the ducks oh. are looking to trade him. But yeah. It's the, it,
0: Bob. it's the, it's bo- the It's the most Bob Murray move. Uh, <laughs> just based on what Daniel has been telling me. Um, I have him going to Ottawa. I was reading last night, you know, that Terry seems like a guy that you got to put in your top six and that's where you're really going to see him succeed. I mean, we've seen that with many players before, but, um, so I actually have them going to Ottawa. Now I know they they have decent play like decent players, but they're still those guys are still young and up and coming. I think they'll give up a third round pick just to say, hey, let's just see what happens, I guess in a way. like let's throw him in our top six. It's not like Troy Terry's just gonna fall off the face of the earth here.
1: right mm-hmm. like,
0: there was a reason he is a prospect.
1: Even though Canada don't, do not have a soft spot for Amigas that world junior shootout goal. Never forget. Okay. Um, that's one last thing, by the way, guys. 723 goals for Alexander Ovechkin. 171 away from Gretzky.
3: I say he does it. I hope so. Oh,
1: James Middle. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is Everything for today's show. That was a lot. It was. Thank you, The Voice Ed, for being a fantastic platform for the show. We love to see it. Uh, Thank you again for Will Christopoulos for coming on to the show. Another Will, another great day. Not in Montreal because it is still freaking raining. God damn it. Anyway, at least the temperature is up. Spring is here, guys. You know what that means. Trade deadlines on this year, too. I'm excited. Almost. Yeah. I mean, it might be crap, but that's fine. You know it's not crap? This podcast. And you can show your support by going to the iOS version of the podcast, giving us a five-star review. You can also check us out on Spotify, wherever you do. Check out Alex's blog, Daniel's stuff for the Eye Open and the Hockey Riders, my jersey article for the Eye Opener, as well as my newest Coke Caulfield video, third highest viewed on my channel already. Let's go. And check out the YouTube portion to see our beautiful faces, Will's hat, me throwing off my sweater because the power hour was back. You don't expect that, by the way, for a long term. We were just tight to Even though I think we weren't really long. Anyway, I think that's it. I, I don't know, but yeah, no, it is.
3: It's
0: it. I believe so.
3: All right. Thanks, guys.